Unica, Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast. I know I'm your host for this edition of Unicat Circumpolar Waves. Welcome to our special series of podcasts for the ICC Inuit Artist of the Month. On the first Thursday of every month in this year, 2023, we are hearing from one of the 12 winners. And this is thanks to funding by the Department of Canadian Heritage, the Indigenous Language Component. Each artist who has won is provided a bursary to further their art. Today, our guest is Olivia Aiki. Who's from in the region of northern Quebec. She now lives in Montreal. An artist, Olivia, is multi-talented, including acting, storytelling, poetry, and even filmmaking. Congratulations, Olivia. Welcome. Mm, wow, so long time no talk. How are you? <laughs> How are I'm you? good. Honey, I'm That's... doing really good. Living in Montreal lately, doing a lot of different things. I finally decided to become an independent artist slash consultant slash whatever. <laughs> of course you would. I mean, why not? You are so talented. And so... The last time I spoke to you was a while ago now. Um, I worked in radio or television, rather, and you were a president of Hanui Liosuniku National Student. I was the vice president of the National Hatri Youth Council, the Nunavik Regional Youth Council of Nunavik. Gotcha. Okay. You might as well have been president in my eyes. So how are you now? <laughs> Good. What brings you to Montreal? Well, you know, opportunities, education. I, I first left for school. Um, and then I decided because I have children, I wanted to move down for school. And I'm just living down here, working on a bunch of different projects in arts, in in politics, in healing, in reconciliation. So I'm doing a lot of stuff. And now I have two babies and we're living a very privileged life down here, but always working for my people. Um, it's very, uh, it's an Inuk tradition or Inuk, Inuk thing to ask, like, where are your roots? Um, mm. Tell us who Olivia Aiki is. Mm-hmm. So, I've been identifying as an Inuk Hallunak woman since I moved to the city okay. because. Um, you know, my culture and, and the privilege that I have living in an urban setting. I've been living in Montreal for three years. My family, Alex Stevenson, 
Um, <laughs> I dad Alex Stevenson, my grandmother's father, um, but we've never met him. And I've heard he has many children in Nunavut. So I'm from all over. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so amazing. Ino we celebrate. It's like when an Inu wins, we all win. Mm-hmm. And so having heard, you know, what you stand up for, you mentioned that um, whatever you do, it's it's to um, represent your people, Inuit. Um, let's talk about what life was like in Kujuak. I know that you're in Montreal now, um, but I think that our roots really define who we are as, as Inuit, um, and what your inspirations are as an artist. Um, there's a lot, you know, but back home, we know that there's lack of opportunity, there's lack of activities. So for a long time, I was just within politics. I was just trying to raise awareness of our realities. Um, and I think back home where we're living kind of a constant struggle. So we don't get a lot of time to to get into the arts and to share the other side and share our healing and our pain. So I don't think I ever got that chance back home. Um, when I left home is when I started writing, is when I started going out of my box. You know, we don't have um, opportunities back home to act in plays. Well, it's starting now. There's There's a awakening and and so I got the opportunity to do that here in Montreal and really meet a lot of different connections so you know it was a blessing to leave home but it's also very painful to leave home but you know we use the example as as an airplane you have to put the air mask on yourself first before you can help anybody else so this time here in Montreal for me is to help myself my children my family so I can go back and help my people through different ways, such as art, such as politics, um, all different ways to help heal the historical trauma that we were left behind. Mm-hmm. It's a great analogy that you used with the airplane um, in case of uh, you know emergency landing, you are to put your mask on before anyone else. But for a lot of our listeners um, here in this podcast, for those who do not understand, our communities are only flying communities. And I just wanted to state that fact that, you know, we can't drive to each other. We can't visit each other in our cars or vehicles because we're we're flying only. So that's a great analogy, um, Olivia. I wanted to ask you, um, I know you have um, all kinds of talents and we'll talk about them, but you said you started writing in Montreal um, what led you to poetry? Well, I've always been a writer and it was more about okay. uh, Facebook writing, you know, complaining. <laughs> and, I, and I always loved Eminem, Marshall Mathers, Slim Shady and how he rhymes his his words and they're really impactful words. So I started writing, you know, just on Facebook. But when I went to Nunavik Sivunitsavut, I uh, was taking a... Mm-hmm a circumpolar literature class and we were reading a bunch of different pieces by Inuit, by non-Inuit. I just saw an image one day and a poem came out of me that blew my mind because, you know, I thought I was a good writer, but I didn't know that 
I could write that. And the poems I had written were scaring me because I was like, where did these come from? There was mm -hmm. one of my poems says, uh, Foxy Moxie traded for leisure and luxury, priceless. And that I was thinking about the fur trade and how we traded fur and moxie. I didn't even know it was a word. I just Googled mm -hmm. to see because it rhymes, you know, mm -hmm. and fo mm -hmm. foxy means the grit and determination of a person. And I, I was mind blown. We traded our grit and our determination with Foxfords for leisure and luxury, you know, for modern day amenities. And I don't know where that came from, but it came to me and it rhymed so beautifully. And, you know, understanding those stories of historical trauma really helped me understand the path that my family had taken. My grandparents had went to residential school. My other grandmother was a hidden child who never went to school, who was envious mm -hmm. of children that went to school. But, you know, it's always a double-edged sword. I got goosebumps um, when you said that because it resonates, I think, so much with so many of us. I mean, we've all been affected and, and you understand this. And um, your poetry anthology, uh, Nuna Poems, uh, you won an, in a, uh, a writing prize in Quebec. Tell us more about that, please. <laughs> Those poems had sat in my laptop for about two to three years. They were just things okay. I had written for my school assignment. Um, but mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Nancy Niap, who's known as the artist Niap, um, she mm -hmm. really, she really pushed me to circulate those poems and, you know, she knew them by heart. She loved my writing and she, she kept saying, I discovered you. If anybody finds out, I discovered you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so she encouraged me to submit my poems and now they're in a book. They are in a recorded, um, circulating across Quebec, translated into three languages and I got a prize for those poems. So it gave me, you know, encouragement that I guess they are good. They are, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's a gift when you're able to share words like that, that resonates with people. Do you feel like you've been gifted that way? Yeah. Nancy and I always talk about like as artists, it's so mind blowing that it you know, we're, we're the hands and the mouth that are spitting it out. But when it comes to us, you know, when we were writing these poems and these shows and these pieces, we're really crying, we're laughing, we're angry, we're hurt, we're hysterically funny, like it, you feel all the emotions. And I feel like that's from our ancestors, we're feeling what they felt, and they're giving us those colors, those smells, those words, and it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your friend um, Niap, uh, Nancy Saunders from Kujuak. Um, You did a collaboration as best friends. Uh, um, it was beautiful. And how did that come about? Well, this has been a project that's been running for many years. I watched this play called Alapi. Um, it was a bunch of a uh, couple of girls that were studying Sejep in Montreal. Uh, learning about okay. filmmaking and script writing and they were they had created a, a little play with their teachers um, so this play was um, done by non-inuit uh, put mm -hmm. together 
Um, but the, okay. the 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 basis of it is really about home and alapi, like listen, look at that beautiful mm-hmm. sound, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the play, um, we play two Inuit women that are at their cabin, and you can smell the play, you can feel the play, you can hear the play. So it's all the pieces of home into one. Um, and Nancy and I have the privilege, but there's also been other actresses from Nunavik uh, that play the parts. You keep using the word privilege. Um, why is that? Because I know I have so much privilege. Um, because I know that, you know, the statistics are against us. The odds are against us. And I know that me being the color that I am and and the privilege that I come from, I'm lucky to have these opportunities. But there's a lot of my people that still don't have these opportunities. And I know, you know, we've all faced suicidal ideations. And so I'm lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky. And and I have other souls that are helping me want to stay alive. Yeah, I'm so lucky too. Um, and going back to some of the words that um you've chosen uh there uh we take notice the word decolonization it's an important theme to you what does that mean to you what does decolonizing mean in english in my words i believe you know there's there's these boxes that we've been fitting into for we haven't been fitting into actually (laughs) um there's these boxes that society has and i feel like we've the indigenous people Inuit have woken up and are are making our own boxes and we're fitting into the boxes that already exist but we're also making new ones um, you know around education around um, housing around mental health what are all these different ways that how did we live as a society and I feel like the youth today are starting to bring those back and really have connection to those values and those ways of living that we kind of lost almost mm-hmm. lost so mm-hmm. it, it's bringing back those tattoos in a new way it's bringing back those connections to Saunihaknik in a new way and in the modern world because you know today the the young girls at eight year old we're not going to tattoo them for having their first period but today women are are coming of age and they're marking their their accomplishments um, in in ways that they see fit, and it's 2023. You know, we if our culture stays stagnant and stays in the past, and we can't bring it forward. So, I feel like we're decolonizing by mixing and creating hybrid versions of the modern day Inuk. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the modern day Inuk and the youth, you mentioned for those who don't understand what Nunavik Sivunik Sevut is. Um, can you give us a glimpse? Nunavik Sivunitsavut is an amazing program um, for post-secondary. Nunavimi, um, James Bay, Northern Quebec Agreement beneficiaries um, from Nunavik or who have grown up in urban settings have a program um, they could go to before Seja, before university. And this program is really not just an academic program. It's a healing program. It's a community program where you learn throat singing you learn the songs the legends but you also learn how to write essays you know I wrote my first 
stasis statement. That's a movie word for me. <laughs> I wrote, um, and you get to experience what it is like to live in the city, what it's like to do a presentation in front of a, a, a classroom and all of these different things. So that is really, I find decolonization and a hybrid version of education for modern day Inuit. Mm -hmm. So the other word, um, Olivia, that uh, comes out is reconciliation. How Hanutuki Haktipu reconciliation inutsutin amalo? How are you expressing that in your artistic work? So Dan, reconciliation. It took me a very long time to understand. And then I was thinking of people getting a divorce. They get a divorce because of irreconcilable differences. Uh, irreconcilable differences. So I understood mm. it as Inuit and non-Inuit had a relationship in the past. Um, and it was not a good relationship. So we had kind of, were in the process of divorce and it's been a nasty fight for many, many years. Um, and I think us and non-Inuit have to really sit down and create new relationships and understand each other's cultures, languages, ways of being. And us, Quebec, Inuit from Quebec, we're really in a tri world, in three worlds, in the French, in the English, in the Inuit world. So how do we create uh, a better marriage as people on the same land? How do we create better relationships? And how do we reconciliate the divorce that we had? You know, we don't mm -hmm. have to be together can we can we have a good friendship with our languages and our cultures and our identities so I try to bring all the different sides all the different languages like Nancy and I wrote a, a piece that was in three languages because it's a reality for Nunavimiu to be uh, trilingual and to trilingual. be in those spaces that is so impressive from someone who's in Nunavut as, a, as an Inuk, we find it very impressive um, that our fellow Inuit um, have that trilingual um, or are taught trilingually. It's, so it's not impossible um, mm. to teach um, in that way. Um, um, you've got a profile page um, on their website and it's really cool. How did you feel um, when you saw that yourself? <laughs> I actually didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I joined this Alapi play. Um, yeah. And I, I did it because they said, you're going to play an Inuk woman. And I said, okay, I can do that. Nancy's my good friend. We're just going to sit <laughs> yeah. in a cabin. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was that big. Um, and Nancy and I got to the theater. And I was like, is this like a big thing? And she said, yeah, you don't know where you are. Eh? So I don't know. <laughs> um so to me, it was really about sharing our story. I didn't think the audience was going to be that big. We had about 250 people. 
um, and and there were people from all across. You know, it was during a, a film festival, a, a play festival. So um, we got a lot of interest from different countries, different provinces, territories that that got to know our names and got to know the play that we're in. But seriously, I had no idea that it was that big. And I just think I was sitting in a cabin with Nancy having tea in Bannock. So what's, what do you want to do? Like um, you feel privileged. You are exploring your artistic, artistic side. You're in Montreal. Uh, you're a mom raising your children. Um, what do you want to do from here? I'm doing everything as we speak. Um, it's yes. insane. It's insane what has been landed on my lap. I'm working on a film right mm -hmm. now with uh, Terre Inou. Um, and it's going to be about midwifery and our traditional birthing practices, such as Sana Yehapnik, uh, the makers, mm -hmm. and also Sauni Hapnik, uh, the naming of our children and how important that is. Um, I'm working with our school board. I'm training new teachers before they go up north so they know, you know, the, the historical relationships. Um, I'm working with youth that are in, in foster care or in, in group homes to help them um, communicate with their employer, uh, with their, you know, their teachers and stuff. I'm doing so much amazing work and it's really stuff that I love. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing art. I'm doing social work. I'm doing. I'm doing politics. I'm doing filmmaking. I'm doing everything. Like, if you need a clown at your birthday, I could join you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance yourself, Olivia? Don't you know that's a lot to take on? Um, how do you find the balance with all the things um, that you've that that have fallen on your lap? Oh, I love it. I'm super extremely organized, um, color coordinated, like agenda freak. And, and, you know, when you're working on stuff you love, it doesn't really feel mm -hmm. like work. So, mm -hmm. and I get to bring my children with me, you know, when I get to go home to give workshops and stuff to use mm -hmm. and we get to go back home and, and I have very good support of my, my spouse, my man, so okay, I have a good Matthew. team. That's great. And so being an Inuk woman in, in a world where you are, um, what are your wishes for your children? I wish, and I, and I see that it, it is, you know, I used to be very hopeless. I used to be a very hopeless, young, angry Inuk um, that was trying to beat all the odds. And I didn't think things were changing. But now that I have children, I have so much more hope. And I see that things have changed. Um, it's a much more different world and more space that Inuit youth are given. So the future for my babies, my Inuit, French, Canadian, English children who are tricultural, um, will be allowed to love all the pieces of themselves. <laughs> Um, to be okay with themselves and to have places in the north, in the Arctic, and to have places in the south, and maybe Japan, mm -hmm. maybe Hawaii. You know, we're glo we're global people. So let I want them to make connections across the world and create kindness. Mm -hmm. And for those in the global world, those in Japan and what have you, um, what would you like them to know about Olivia? Uh, from Kujuak living in Montreal doing all these things what is your message to everyone um, 
we're woke now and we're proud and we're not scared anymore. Yeah. Um, as a teenager, you know, I, I, I was not a proud Enoch, uh, you know, but I find the world is open up to us now, uh, open up not to just to Inuit or uh, First Nations, but to indigenous peoples all across the globe. And, you know, we all at some basis have the same values for our Nunak, our land, for respect of our societies and our communities. And I think the indigenous people of the globe are starting to bring those back uh, into many places of the world and I want to participate in that. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy to have spoken to you today, Olivia. I'm uh, I'm proud. Um, blessings uh, in your journey to wherever that leads you. Uh, representing Inuit, don't forget to take care of yourself. Um, but congratulations. Mm -hmm. I'm so honored to have spoken to you today here. This is gonna this is just another, you know, I had art and poems hiding away, and I didn't think that I could ever win any kind of awards. So these things for us that are home that are hiding our art and, and not thinking we're good enough is just another pat on the back. And I'm so grateful to ICC. Today, my guest was Olivia Aiki from Kujuak in Nunavik. She's now living in Montreal, Quebec. Madeline thank you very much for listening to this special podcast featuring the ICC Inuit Artists of the Month. We hope you enjoyed listening to Unika Circumpolar Waves an ICC podcast.